You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I'm sitting here with Sensei and L of LMNOP, which you may have heard from one of my recent episodes about um, Crop and Matt Dawson with his interview. We talked a little bit about LMNOP, but now I actually have them here with me. So, hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, I'm really excited to finally have y'all here because I think everyone just wants to know a little bit more about who you are and what y'all do and what you do in the Baton Rouge community with creatives. Well, um, primarily we are an artistic resource for artists, currently local artists, whether they're emerging or distinguished artists. So that's first. First goal is currently servicing or being at the service of artists and whether that's helping curate a show, whether that's helping with pricing, whether that's partnering and doing a product release with an artist, uh, whether that's working directly with a gallery as well. That's exciting. (laughs) I don't even know, like, if I actually knew that's all of what y'all were doing, because I was aware that you were a resource, but I didn't, didn't even realize that you were, like, working directly with galleries and, like, helping in that aspect. It formed into that. Yeah. That was uh, kind of year two, year three plan mm-hmm. uh, that we had written out. But the opportunities were there. Were there. Yeah, they, fell uh, in your lap. It, well, yeah, well that's well, it. There wasn't work, but yeah. Once you start working toward it, what will happen is the things that you're working toward will eventually find you. That's right. kind of the, the way universe. The universe it. works in your favor at that point. It really does. So tell me how this all started. Like, how did y'all meet? How did you get this going? So Sensei and I have been knowing each other since college. Okay. We went to LSU together. I always have been great friends. And uh, more recently, I've been telling him, well, for years, I, wa- I want an art gallery. When I get when I turn X amount of age, I want to get an art gallery. I want to make that my full-time thing. And then um, one day we were sitting in my living room. And he asked me for my Wi-Fi user information, and I told him it was LMNOP. And he looked at me, like, with sparkles in his eyes. Because your name is L. Say. Yes. Yeah, which, fun, sorry to interrupt you, but I didn't realize, like, when you introduced yourself to me the other day, you're like, I'm L. I was like, wait, and you're like, LMNOP. And I didn't even realize until you told me that, and I met you. I was like, oh, this all Correlates. comes together. Yeah. Oh, and side note this is my first podcast with my new dog Ringo which he decided he wanted to play in the background so if you're hearing jingling and thumping he's just hey, chasing Ringo. he's just being Ringo he is just being Ringo this is a new a new audio uh, enhancement to yeah. my podcast that wasn't there before but anyways it's like her new theme music it really is um, <laughs> continue though sorry for that interruption so uh, just kind of had an aha moment and he suggested that we start an art gallery called Elemental P and we just moved forward with it we didn't have any any lists or options that we went through in this very long process of figuring out what we would call it. We just called it what the Wi-Fi username is. <laughs> so y'all kind of launched fast. Very. I like that. I'm a fast launcher. <laughs> but with preparation. So when when I say that we launched fast, we, we made a plan to get out in the community. And we mm-hmm. made a plan to make sure that everything that we had set to do was registered. Trademarks and business details were secure before we actually came out so that part was fast then we just kind of got into the community because technically our website and the virtual aspect Mm -hmm. of our business hasn't even launched yet which is crazy because I remember you were telling me about that when we met about doing stuff for crop and I was like what do you mean it hasn't launched because like 
you're posting so much good stuff already. Like Right. Well, that's kind of a tie-in to what the second goal is, yeah. which is having a platform for the artists. And it's not a platform where, hey, list all your work with us exclusively. We want to sell it, and we want to take half your money. Mm-hmm. It's let's post interviews of artists, have individuals get a chance to know who the artist is. If they do have a collection and they want to put their collection there online, they can do so. Um, and people can purchase digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, also with uh, auctions. So it's that's going to be something new, doing digital and online auctions uh, for the artists that would go to support specific charities of their choice. So you're kind of like an art pimp in a positive way. I don't mean it like controversially, but I'm just trying to think of like... Well, if you think about pimps... I don't don't think... I don't really think about pimps. I don't mean it like in the actual actual sense of like... Pimping. But I just think of that word as like you're like a... um, Not not even like a flipper, but you're, you're like an agent almost. Agent's a good word. Agent, that's a positive word. I didn't really mean... Wait, is Ringo under the table? Oh, Ringo. I I, I could... uh, (laughs) This is so new for me. I don't know how to podcast with him either. I would definitely tell you... I would definitely tell you that... You're an agent. some 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 of the responsibilities that artists have asked us to do are agent style. Right. So you like represent them almost. I think in an indirect indirect fashion, because we haven't asked for a dollar or a dime from any artist. Right, because you're you're here to help promote it, not to feed off of it. Correct. Yeah. Or nurture it and grow it, too. Especially from from an aspect of you can see a product or you can see a certain artist and you can say, hey, things could be better if we drove in this lane. Right. You know. Because you're an outside perspective. Sometimes, especially right. creatives, don't know what they have going for them until someone else tells them. Right. <laughs> I'm like that all the time. Well, and that's the good part about it is if you are, if you can manage a personality, right, without having the artist believe or without attempting to change their goals and their integrity, it all works out. Right. You know, offering right. suggestions and solutions is a lot different from, you know, me telling you, that we that we should do some things that you don't even believe in. Right, because who are you, not that you're doing that, but who are you to come along and be like, I can change your life. Like, it sounds yeah, like a scam. But does. you're not trying to scam people. You're trying to help promote them. Ringo, you're going to have to sit still. <laughs> and the amazing part about that is it it comes from an, our genuine interest in the artists we encounter. So right. So really Which, it's just hanging out with them, and that becomes a roundtable in a sense, without us even expecting it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, well, since I have you here, since we're just hanging out talking about art, what do you think about this? Or how could I do this? And it, it has evolved into this this amazing connection and network of artists who rely on us to um, just provide different opportunities for them and just give them insight on different resources they can utilize for what it is that they're trying to do. So we're really just supporting their goals. So give me an example of like a local artist you've worked with that and like some of the types of things that you've done with them. Hmm. Well, we have 
I'm trying to think of the best one to tell. <laughs> um, Ringo, please calm down. Well, Ringo's a new artist that we're working with currently. <laughs> Ringo and... is a is a is a poo artist. Is what he yeah, is. He's not a poo artist. <laughs> <laughs> he's a we're new working. <laughs> we're working on getting him a potty trained. So what would be the best artist that we could? I mean, all of them are great. So it's hard to pick. Mm-hmm. But I think one that definitely showed a lot of interest up front with us was uh, an artist by the name of Courtney Miley. Oh yeah, she won that giveaway yeah, that we did. did. Yes. Um, and that was she we met her at a festival a year a year ago? Just about. Just about a year ago and we thought her art was amazing. Gave it her is. Card. She's super talented. Gave her a card and just kind of kept the relationship and it wasn't about hey Let's talk about art. Just like, hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? What do you need? How's everything been going? What do you have coming up? Um, so with her, it's been more of a supportive role. So we'll take time to go out to the shows or the festivals or the exhibits that she's having, right? And uh, sometimes we'll just step in and say, hey, you know, we'll go over the details with her about what the art is, how much it's going to cost. We'll do uh, like her merch table and sell her art, process her sales, Things of, things of that nature. That's just more of a support of, hey, we're going to be in the area anyway. Mm-hmm. We're coming by. We'll check you out. If you need a break, you can do that. Have you eaten? No? Okay, we'll go grab You all even asked eat. if I wanted food before you came over. It was so nice. Yeah, that would have been rude, right? If I would have said, hey, I, I just would have <laughs> no, eaten. It was so nice. Been on shoot all day. So nice, though. <laughs> um, well, so how did you, I want to even back up even further than the Wi Fi password. <laughs> like, yeah. how did y'all gain the skills to, or the, the background to even know that this is what you wanted to do. Like, what were y'all doing before this professionally? Whoa, wow. That's huge. Okay, so I guess I'll, I'll start. I've always been in um, in a corporate environment, um, but I've always had this creative passion and um, recognized. It took me a while, but I actually recognized my skill as an artist from my photography. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so amazed with your process, but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I didn't realize you do photography. Yeah, I do. We could and talk about that all day if you wanted. I know. So we, um, from me just recognizing my skill as a photographer, that kind of evolved into all of these different ways to try to feed my creativity. And then it came to a point where... Um, I understood that I was an artist, so art show experience is what did it for me. For Sensei, it was more of just understanding what it is to be an entrepreneur. Well, and then so those two worlds collide, and then yeah. that's where the business comes from. <laughs> right. That's very interesting, entrepreneurship and being an artist. Yeah. Or, it's a tough world. <laughs> or the art of business, right? The art of business is what it's It really become. is, and I find that I'm better at the art side than the business side, but sometimes... That's why we're a dynamic duo. Yeah. So tell me, like, the different roles in your business together and who does what and how that is working together. So I'm learning a lot from him. I will say that because I've had businesses that I've ran on my own and have just had this, like, fly by the seat of my pants mentality of, oh, I'm just going to do this. If it doesn't work, I'll do something else. Yeah. Without having a real structure to it. So for me, it's working with him to cultivate the idea, to develop a solid idea, and then put some structure and a plan together. And from just the acumen that he has with being an entrepreneur, starting businesses and things, things, 
effectively starting businesses. Mm-hmm. Let me say it that way. He kind of provides the, the the best model to go with based on his experiences. So my ideas are kind of random. You're kind of big picture. Yeah. He's kind of logistics. And he tailors that yeah. to, to actually be something that's feasible. Kind of like LMNOP in itself. Yeah. Because for me, I, I had this, this strange idea of wanting a brick and mortar location. And we looked at places and Right, because you say you wanted things. to own a gallery. So yeah. in my mind, too, That's I'm like, oh, is. so, yeah, but this is more of like a virtual right. metaphorical gallery. And it's more effective that way. So I would say that uh, for me, it's it's working with him to cultivate the ideas, but for him, it's more of the structure and the direction to be able to make it work effectively. And that's the thing that I like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm learning. But I really don't understand what it is to build an effective business by the by a standard that has longevity. He does. Yeah. It's hard. Why don't you tell us all how to do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone listening is probably like me. Like we're like we just make art. Yeah. Who wants to buy it? Like who yeah. wants to hire me? Do you like it? That's those are the skills that like is that what you studied at in college? Is that like uh, I studied marketing okay. and and business management. So, I mean, yes. that's what I gradu- <laughs> that's what I graduated in. Yeah. Let, me, let me say it that way. Um, but yeah, but that but it comes with experience, though, right? Right. It comes with you being around the right people. You not being the smartest person in the room, going to find new rooms to sit in and understand different industries and different worlds and how other people think about specific industries mm-hmm. uh, is what's most important. It's all the same thing, right? Most people just have an idea. But it's just fleeting. You know, just, oh, I, I think I can do that. Or then they do it and they half-ass do it. And they wonder why it doesn't work. Or they wonder why people don't believe in the product or service per se. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the structure of it and having a solid plan to say, this is how I want my business to go in two years and three years and four and five years. It's what, it's what creates that longevity. But it, it's time consuming. A foundation. Mm-hmm. Isn't it just easier just to just pick up your camera and just go shoot and yeah. yo just cash at me. Yeah. Or pay right, me. which is what we do. We do, <laughs> but especially for the first couple of years because it's just kind of on the side. It's like this is fun. Then your mom tells her friend, and then you're like doing so and so, and then it, before you know it, it snowballs, and you're like, oh, I'm doing this more than my day job. Correct. And then it's just outweighing it, and then it turns into business. But even still, it's hard to like. Like you said, to find the the plan that um, promotes longevity. Yeah. Because I'm just like relying on every day, just being like, I guess someone will email me and I'll go do a shoot, and if they don't, then, then that's not what I'll be uh, saying. <laughs> right. Well, and and it's most people hard. just would think that okay, once you're actually picking up your camera and taking photos on a on a gig, then that's being productive. But if you don't have a shoot, or if you don't have a commission or a show, you can still find new ways to yeah. be well, productive. You have, you have to market. You yeah. have to network. Get out to learn. Watch e courses. Go to conferences. Read books. Like yeah, sign up for the Jordan Heffler workshops. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. do what you want workshops. You saw ha. That? Um, I need saw to make more did. of those. So see what you did there. Yeah, shameless plug. I love a plug. <laughs> I love a plug. Come on, y'all. <laughs> you're the plug. I am so, the plug. Really, the you're the pimp. No, I'm not the pimp. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> the, the agent. Plug. You're the agent and the plug. Secret agent. I'm a I'm a regular guy that that really likes art, and I think that most artists haven't received the support they really really need. They get it from they don't always get it from galleries, right? Mm-hmm. They don't always get it from 
Well, they don't always get it monetarily. You can still provide support to an artist in so many other ways than buying one of their pieces. Yep. True. Just by showing up, liking their Instagram post, you know, telling them they're doing a good job. Like, I always tell people that because they're like, oh, I can't afford your services. I'm like, that doesn't mean you can't, like... Support. You know, like, just comment that you like the photo (laughs) like come to my my art show buy a hat for 20 bucks like it doesn't mean that you have to like hire me for like your big commercial campaign but there's different ways to promote artists and support them and i think people are always hesitant especially with their their friends and such because they don't know how to properly support people and it doesn't always technically mean like buying something or paying them and so it sounds like y'all are doing a lot of wholesome support yeah Yeah, it's um of course you know money is in end goal but it's not the reason that we do it. So right. That makes uh, that that makes whether you whether you really are a pimp or, or not. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't need your money and I don't I don't want it. If we work together and we build a a solid product that would represent Jordan Heffler and we collaborated and did that together, okay, then there's mm-hmm. an opportunity for money. Um, I think with one of the you talked about collaborations with one of the artists. A project that we're currently working on. When is this gonna? We don't know. When this is gonna end, so. <laughs> Good question. Talking about plans and structure, mm. I don't have them. So <laughs> <laughs> I release one episode. If people listening haven't caught on yet, I release one episode every Monday. Um, the problem is I usually have a backlog of a couple of weeks, so then I just at that point am gotcha. trying to just catch up with the ones I've already recorded. But like for instance, the one I released last week, we talked about Hot Art Cool Nights, which is tomorrow. So I wanted to promote it nice. and release it before, but that means the people who I've recorded a month ago still haven't been out. It's a mess. So maybe eventually. No we'll problem. Have. We can help you with that. Moral of the story is <laughs> probably like in a month. Okay. So one of one of the you we, talk, we talked about artists that we're working with. <laughs> have you ever heard of Brent Hazinga? Yeah, I actually have one of his uh, prints somewhere. I need really? to get it framed. Awesome. I, have, I have a lot of things I need to get framed that just haven't seen the light of day. Nice. Because I don't have enough wall space. So a project that we, we, we went to New Orleans, and we documented the process of him painting someone's car in the traditional housing gay fashion. While we were there, he showed us this, this mock for a, a publication he wants to put together of short stories, poems, and his prints. And we were able to talk about that idea and grow it into it being a limited edition collector's book. Is this what you were asking me the question about the book for? Yes. Got it. And we found some great deals. I have to turn you on to it off off, off mic. Please do, because yeah. my books are also a PSA. My books are really expensive, but I make $5 off of them. So if you buy a book, I'm sorry that they're so expensive, but it's not going to me. Yeah, so just just, just letting you know. <laughs> Literally letting you know. Well, we have a process that I think could, could help you out with would that. would make it a little Definitely more sustainable. All, it wouldn't be $40 a book at all. My books, I would rather have them be priced at like 20 something dollars and make more profit but right now they're priced at like $50 and I make $5 yeah. right. and it's sad when you when you said when you sent that text I almost got discouraged I was like oh man. well because I print on demand too so anyone gotcha. listening too, if you're printing books in self-publishing printing on demand is easiest because you can just you know you don't, don't have to have deal have with any value. inventory mm-hmm. but then the printer takes all the money and it's more expensive unless you buy stuff in bulk which gets expensive right yeah we could show you how to do that you get them for under ten dollars a book i would love to to find out more so occupied vacant volume two could finally come to see the light i haven't made it volume two because i didn't want to keep selling them how many books expensive. have you sold i don't know ten, another 20 100 <laughs> mm, probably under 100 more than 20 i don't know okay cool somewhere around there i don't sell them very often we should do a book tour 
book tour. We could. We could. World tour. Really, really is that a, a world tour or your girls know. tour? <laughs> oh, my Drake votive candle. <laughs> that was really sneaky of you. I wish sometimes that these podcasts were videoed because there's a lot. There's a lot of stimulating stuff in here. Yeah, there's a lot happening. There's a dog sniffing a hard drive. There's a Drake candle. All right, I'm putting them back up here. All right. Keep talking, though. So, Brent, books. Yeah, so just being able to, and that was one of the ideas, that was one of the things I was telling you about changing or attempting to change someone or how they express themselves in their art. Right. We kept the same product and just scaled it up, right? We scaled the quality of the publication up. Um, Maintained a good cost point for sale, and he, as well as the writer, are making their money from it. Which is glorious to hear. Yeah. And the funny part was, we didn't ask for any percentage. They's like, hey, well, you have to get paid too. So it was more of, oh, wow, this guy's really, I didn't ask him to do any of this. Just kind of showed it to us as a, hey, this is what I'm working on. But that's like an organic partnership right there. Well, and that's all, those are the only ones we want. It's not, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the artists that we've selected to do interviews with, with our symposium series are people that we admire from afar or close and we respect and we have a relationship with. We don't need to work with 40 artists at one time. Um, We prefer to have relationships with individuals before we do any business because people always say, well, it's just business. Well, it's always personal. Because oh, we're business is the most personal thing ever. Like Michael Scott says yeah, in the nice. office, it's true. Like it's so hard, especially when you're self-employed or it's your business. Like you own the business. How can it not be personal? I mean, right. if you don't want to hire me, I might not cry about it. But I'll be like, what did I do wrong? They don't like me, you know. But not everything's a good fit. But it's it's totally personal. Hey, Ringo, stop eating the dish towel. So tell me more about your symposium series. So, it's just one of the arms of the business. We have several arms of the business that we're focused on, but currently we're working through the symposium phase mm-hmm. where we're scheduling out, um, like you said, artists that we admire from up close or afar and um, really just want to give them an opportunity to uh, not only showcase their art, but who they are as a person. Because sometimes people find artists as, as the, the untouchable or unapproachable so to be able to take take time with those influential people in baton rouge who we admire and give them a chance to showcase who they are showcase their art or their skill set because all of our symposiums are not just artists they're contributors to the artist community Mm -hmm. uh, and just the network that we're building We're, we're choosing people from that network that we're building um so so far we've done two symposiums we've done two um, we have a third. Scheduled for next week. Tomorrow. Two, no, wait. Tomorrow. And then we have Which means two it'll more. be out by the time this, this comes, comes out. Up. Right. Yeah, it will. Those will be out. So we actually have three symposiums scheduled within between May and, May and June, right? Four. That's pretty Four. cool. I like the word symposium a lot. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'm no, sorry, we do we too. It's really cool. It's I, a yeah, nice I, word. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 elegant, but yet it's just so calming. It makes you yeah. say, "Wait, Google, help me out." Yeah, Google symposium. So yeah, we've done we've we've spoken to Courtney Miley. She's been one of the participants. Uh, Jeff Rodale mm-hmm. is another participant. Of course, an artist, but not in the you know 
traditional sense of like a painter. You know, it's literary arts, creative. Um, we're going to be speaking to Dr. Elliot with the Healthcare Gallery. Uh, Kimberly Meadowlark is another. Great oh, one. I have a, an episode recorded with her. She's a good one. She's Kim the Killer. Kim the Killer. That's what Killer she saved King. as in my phone. Wait, so this just occurred to me. I want to back it up again. So we were talking about how y'all created LMNOP to support other artists and not, like, suck the artist dry for money. But how do you create a business model from doing that? Mm. Did we talk about that? Because I just it not. just occurred to me if you're doing all these symposiums with these artists and such, how are y'all making money? How do you keep it sustainable? Well, there's several ways. One is we have merchandise that we'll be putting out through the website as well. So that includes button pins, lapel pins. I love merch. Um, of course, t-shirts, um, tote bags, clutch bags. I, I would say uh, coffee jars. Okay. which can be used for coffee, tea, or whatever purpose you choose. Amongst other home goods, like pillows and throws. Mm-hmm. Traditional things that people would find effective to use in their house, right? And are they going to be branded LMNOP, or are they going to be featuring different artists' designs? or? Uh, they will be branded LMNOP, some of them. Some of them will have licensing agreements with different artists. That's cool. Uh, where, of course, we would obtain... The artists would always maintain the rights to whatever print or art is on the piece, it would just be licensed through us, or we would license it through the artist um, and sell that. So at that point, it's like we're leasing uh, right. a particular piece of art. But that's so nice to know that y'all are um, aware of keeping the artist agreements and like encouraging them to make the, the bulk of the dollar. Yeah. I know there's been opportunities that I've been approached about where, as, like, an artist, I'm like, that sounds cool. As a business person, I'm like, so you're taking 70% of what? Like, <laughs> you know? And it's It doesn't make sense. Organizations and, and things that are supposed to be supporting artists, but in turn are really just making it harder to be one um, in an economic way, you know? So it's really cool to hear that y'all are finding ways to promote artists, but also, like, make merch and do things like that, but still retain that integrity right. for the artist. Some of the things we'll actually, some of the merchandise we'll actually produce and create ourselves, like mm-hmm. the tote bags that we're doing. Right. We're actually hand painting those, and each one is one of one, of course, uh, the way that we're the way that we're constructing them. So I'm really proud of those because I actually painted two. They came out great. That's cool. Um, one, You're an artist. I am, right? An artist of, no, you don't want to see my art. <laughs> Not that good. You're an art lover. I'm an art lover. I do love. I do love art. Um, another way we're speaking about revenue. An additional way of creating revenue is a portion of an artist sale um, if they're doing an online exhibition right? through your online through platform. the online platform. Right. However, even though we don't have the cost as a traditional gallery, we still retain less. <laughs> Mm-hmm. of the sale than a traditional gallery. It's right. literally like the transaction fee plus a few bucks um, versus 20 to 70% mm-hmm. of what the artist is going to make. I don't think people who don't, who aren't well-versed in the art world realize that that's how galleries make money. So, like, if you I have an art show at a gallery. You want to touch on that? 
Want, yeah, sure, sure. I'd, I'd love to because I don't have that much experience <laughs> showing in galleries. And I was uh, lucky to have recently had a show at the gallery at Manship Theater, which I have a great relationship with Manship Theater because I do graphic design there. And that's it's a nonprofit organization. And so I know what their funds go to. So agreeing to the fee is great. It gave me an opportunity to have a really awesome show at a really awesome place downtown, very swanky. It was up for like five months or something like that. That was cool. It looked great. And I agreed for the fee, obviously, because I know the organization and I know the money is going to be used in a good way. Also, like, I've just been around that organization for a couple years now. There are galleries that I don't know anything about that have much, much higher cuts. And I would just say for artists to be cautious when doing something like that with a gallery because, yes, it's exciting and you get starry-eyed when you're, like, approached and you're, like, oh, my art will be shown here, but just read the fine print and make sure it's something that you agree with. And because art shows cost so much money to put on. I've only put on a couple, and I've done it myself, and I just you literally you just max out your credit card on for photography, printing, framing, food for the guests, like the vinyl lettering, like to just get little clear labels, to, you know, making sure that you don't have a fee to use the space if there's not a fee to getting taken right. out of your, your sales. And so, like... I'm lucky if I make back half of what I spent. It's not about making a profit, really, for me, at least, in my experience doing it. Uh, obviously, that's the goal of, like, fine artists is to make a profit, but I would dare say that most people don't because unless they have sponsors or people like y'all helping them do the show. Um, so just be cautious if you're an artist approached by an organization or a gallery with an opportunity and make sure you ask those questions because it's not... Yeah. You might be making, like, 30% of the sale it feels like a great opportunity if you don't read the fine print yeah and sometimes it is sometimes it's worth it for the i mean and i hate saying exposure but sometimes exposure really is worth it sometimes if it's going to be up for a long time if it's in the right place if it's going to be the right people are they marketing for you are you marketing yourself like there's lots of questions to ask and it's not always sometimes you're doing better on your own (laughs) that's true and you don't know that you are until like you go through all the the math of it i mean i would be skeptical i'm not skeptical i definitely would always question like I want people to question what we do mm-hmm. hey how can you help me hey what what are you really going to be doing for me right uh, but again that just comes with the relationships that's one of the biggest things that I'm most thankful for um, thus far with working with LMNOP is the relationships we've made with some pretty phenomenal people mm-hmm yeah, and how are you going about making these relationships? Are you just straight up, like, I know for me, like, you just reached out to me, and... That's usually how it is. Yeah, yeah you just, like, right. you're just finding people, or is it a lot of, like, in-person networking, too? Um, it's, it's virtual networking, in-person networking, and that's the luxury of having a virtual platform, because we've connected with people that we've never met in a physical sense, mm-hmm. you know, like, people who live in France and Spain and... All of these amazing places that we've connected with virtually, but for the most part, for our local artists, we're we're making face-to-face connections. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may start off as a us seeing this particular artist at a, at a gallery show and and wanting to know more about them and reaching out to them, maybe via email or via some type of social media platform. But we always come back to meet face-to-face and have that that FaceTime that allows us to understand who they are as as an artist and not just say, oh, your art's cool. Right. You know, so a lot of it is face-to-face networking. But we do have some social networking that's been beneficial, too. So I 
feel like Baton Rouge has a very strong creative community for as small of a town as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find that with what you're doing too? Do you find that it's easier to network with artists in town or are you reaching out more out of the city? I think that our personalities make it easy wherever we are. So we don't really have to target a certain place because it's easier to find Mm -hmm. people or easier to network with people in certain cities. Um, It's just more about wherever the dope art is. Mm -hmm. Wherever the dope contributors to the artistic community are. You know, and if if that's Baton Rouge, cool. If it's Lafayette, if it's New Orleans, if it's Houston. It doesn't have to be limited to a, a certain location for us. It's just about you go where the cool stuff is. And I a like lot of that. that cool stuff is in Baton Rouge. Don't get me wrong, but there there are a lot of things that we can also introduce Baton Rouge to that they're not aware of mm-hmm. that we're discovering. So it goes both ways for us. It, it's it's easy everywhere we go because we're genuine. I like that. You know, I totally get that vibe from y'all too. Otherwise, I wouldn't let you in my house to do a podcast. No, <laughs> I know. I was wondering. Was- is she coming back? Well, I know, I like, Ringo took like an hour to go to the bathroom in the rain. Oh my I was going to play okay. the Nirvana record. But I, I, know, you know, thought about playing your record. I felt but so I was bad. Like, I don't know if she plays these or not. No, yeah, I do. I, I, I felt so bad. So they got here and then Ringo started trying to go poop in the house because he's not potty trained. And so I had to like run him outside and it took forever. So they were just chilling in my house. And yeah, and then we didn't take anything. <sighs> So yeah. that, that tells you we're trustworthy people. I have so much crap in here, I wouldn't even notice. <laughs> no. Literally wouldn't even notice. You know how much crap I have? Um, no, no you cool. have a really cool house. I if like you've ever you. been in this house, if you've seen Jordan or seen her Instagram, it looks like, this house it looks like Jordan matches her, her yeah. I love, well, everyone's like... And it's good. Everyone's like, do you just shop for stuff that's on brand? I'm like, I just shop for stuff I like, and that's yeah. what how my brand is. <laughs> that's it's just the other way around. I'm not... Like consciously going out and being like, I won't buy this because it's not on brand. It's like, yeah, I love to just buy what I like. I don't know. This looks like the inside of the uh, mystery machine. I w- yeah, I have, I have a Scooby Doo lunchbox on top of my fridge. I see, I the mystery see. machine. <laughs> yes, it does look like the inside. Of if the I gotta bring my lunch somewhere, you know, I gotta bring the mystery yeah, machine. This is Daphne. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, I um, hey. I got the lunchbox. At the kids section at Academy, and I do a lot of shopping in children's that. sections. Targets kids section it's for home really decor. Good. I have a rainbow rug in like my like the pillow bathroom. fort. The pillow, pillow fort. fort. Everything I own <laughs> yeah. is pillow fort. I have like a flamingo bath mat. I got the rainbow rug. My pillow shams are red quilt because they're for like a like a five year old boy's little bedroom. But because I couldn't get just solid red anything. Right. People, there's this misconception that you like make it over the age of like 17 and all of a sudden you have to have like yeah, boring but, shit. Yeah, no, no, I am like it a five year old boy. Literally, like all the boy. Oh my yeah, god, and my clowns, like people, I don't know. And I was, I posted I was checking out the clowns. Yeah, I, I love my cool. clowns. Well, I posted about that the other day because just like I have like this natural like gravitation to nostalgic things of times where I didn't live. But what happened? Like things were colorful in like the they 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and then. The 80s seemed like they sucked a lot. And then the 90s, everything was brown. And now everything since then is just, like, buildings, signs, cars. Like, nothing's cool anymore. It was, like, a big deal for me to get an orange car. Like, they don't it's, make it's anything colorful to anymore. Find really cool things consistently. But there are some cool stores out there that you can really do. Yeah. Well, and I think mid-century is kind of, like, trendy right now. So things are kind of coming back. But, you know, the, the yeah. old-school motel signs and, like, just, like, mm, yeah. like 50s kitchens and like the wallpaper was red and the, yeah, the fridge pops. was pink and it's just, what it happened like i don't know what's wrong with people anyways that's my modern. <laughs> <laughs> that's my rant 
that's the problem. That is my rant. Everything I'm tired of seeing brown houses everywhere. Is taupe. And modular. Ugh, I hate it. Anyways. <laughs> Everyone's and, got and, like and stainless wrought iron fleur de lis everywhere, and I'm yeah, like, let's I get know. like some colorful <laughs> things going on here, man. I called it out. If you have a wrought iron fleur de lis, sorry. Watch out for Jordan. <laughs> We're gonna come paint it gold. Sorry. No orange. Orange. <laughs> no, I'm very particular about my home decor. I'll probably do a whole episode on home decor sometime because people like to ask questions about it. And I'm like, I just go to antique stores and Target. That's basically... Yes, yeah, it's, it's super cool. Right? I like to find a lot of stuff online. Yeah? What kind of websites do you shop on? Like, um, Call Linscombe. What? I don't mm-hmm. even know what that is. It's, um, I don't... How do you spell that? Google it. Okay. Because um, I need to put this in the show notes. Cool. Call Linscombe is, is this really cool place that I discovered in Houston. I go to a lot of thrift stores, too. <laughs> Some baseball players coming up. I a don't... lot of stuff that I find is is random, like um, uh, like Christian Street Furniture is a really good one. It's just the most random things. I'll try to find that. I Call don't... Linscombe. Let's I don't see. Callie Scum. That's Callie how I spell it. That's not coming out. Tim Skalinski. K A G U L, I think. Yeah, no. This one says spiritual and demonic magic, so. Oh, K U A L. We can do a whole podcast on the Illuminati if you want. It's K U H L. It's a secret society, Jordan. Oh, yeah, it's Oh, Lynn Scum. All right. I'm going to make a note. That's pretty dang cool. All right. Alabama Street, but they do have a website. And they have, like, really cool products and showroom stuff. Cool. And it's really cool home decor. It's really random. I put that in my show notes to link. Because people love to message me and be like, home decor, do an episode on home decor. And I'm like, how do I do an episode on home decor when you can't, like, I feel like that's a visual topic. True. A lot of it is random. Society 6 has a lot of cool stuff, I like Society 6. I do a lot of TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods. Home Goods is my favorite. Tuesday morning. Oh, don't you love Tuesday morning? That's where my rug's from. Really? Everyone loves that rug. I'm like, it was like 10 bucks. A killer comforter from Tuesday morning. It's really cute. Yeah, Target, Amazon. That's about it. Uh, (laughs) Well, that was like kind of a miniature rant. Yeah, that's what this is all about. Home core. That's what all this is about. So. Are you making a conspiracy theories? Oh, yeah. I mean, not so much anymore because like I don't have as much time. To just because I would go down a rabbit hole and I'd be like for like eight hours like reading about something, but yes, I believe in a lot of them. You believe in the conspiracy, not the theory. (sighs) That's a really good question. It depends on which one. What do you believe in? I believe in the the theory. But like which conspiracy? Like of what? Like what's an example? Uh, I mean, I like I like looking at all of it and watching all conspiracy theory videos. That's why I was upset when they said YouTube was going to start flagging them and them taking off, them away. Yeah. Oh, no. That's, like, the only thing I go on YouTube for. I'm that like, and dog training videos. I don't get it. So, my age group is supposed to be, like, big on YouTube. That's false. Like, my boyfriend lives on YouTube. He watches guitar gear reviews. He's, like, so, super influenced by all these, like, guitar influencer people. I get on YouTube if I have to learn how to, like, do something, do something in my car. I just started watching a dog training channel because yeah. I have a dog now. And conspiracy theories. Other than that, like... I'm not casually on YouTube. That's why everyone's like, put up video content, make videos. And I'm like, you know how much work that is? And I don't even use YouTube as a platform, so why would I be on there? I mean, I got a couple, but it's just not my thing. What's your favorite one? Flat Earth? Uh, no. Flat <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff about the Bohemian Grove. There's stuff about, I think, oh, Cor- I think Courtney Grove. Love killed Kurt Cobain. 
you? Yes, and I think I think there's more to 9/11. That's the one that That's I, the big my one. Babe. I don't know what it is, but I think there's more. I, People I, are going to stop listening because I'm just going to make myself sound so tons. ignorant. But There's this really good one on 9-11 that really has me like, what's wrong? I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. Yeah. Um, There was like, I got really into one a while back about how like the government causes tornadoes. Oh, and <laughs> there's like a weather, the weather machine thing. Yeah, yeah. the weather Did manipulation. You and yes. it makes the clouds and the clouds rain. Yes. And it just shoots out from like this. And honestly, like abandoned area. I mean, it's possible. You never know. I probably can't even talk about this kind of stuff because I might get like killed. But like, my uncle has some secret job that none of us know what he does. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Is I don't, I'm right not going to ask you his name. I, no, <laughs> I don't want to know it's, anything about he, him. He won't tell us anything, but he works in aircraft for something with the government, and it's very secret. Like, no one knows where he has to go. Every week he goes off site for like a week on yeah. a secret plane, comes back, and it's, he can't talk about any of it. And I always joke, I'm like, it's aliens because it's out in like the California, Nevada area. So I'm Could like, be. it's Area 51. It has to be. They're definitely listening to me right now. But and he's never I mean, hey he, he won't tell you. He won't. He won't. Nobody it's won't. it's his he job. Can't. It's his job, yeah. I mean, he won't. My it's my dad's brother. None That's of us know cool, anything. Though. It's cool, but we're all just like, what do you do? What when do, you do we ever are know? We at, in, are, are we, we ever gonna threat? know? You know, I mean, are we at a risk just by being around him? But yeah, I don't know. There's like secret airplane. He has to like. He can't bring his phone to work. That's it's like this super, whole thing. That's super cool. Huh, Ringo? So know, there's right? stuff out there oh, that cool. we're not allowed to know that's about cool. lots of things. Now when I'm home, like I look homeless. I mean, I mean not right now, but sometimes. But looking, it's rough. I mean, when you pulled up, I was in my Crocs is, outside, so. The homeless look is in. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, and Crocs are in. I'm telling y'all, I used to I'm not wearing them now. tons of Crocs back then. I had like three or four pair. Now I'm just down to one. But I'm about to go buy the tie-dye pair. I started doing investing in Robinhood, that app. Mm-hmm. Have y'all played with that? And I know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm telling you. Too. I'm telling you, Crocs is going to have a comeback. Another and comeback? I'm, I invested Two shares, so twenty-five dollars. I am ooh, big investor. That's actually cheaper than one pair of Crocs. True. I'm um, down today, by the way. But I got hey, so you do too. So I got a an email, and it was I felt very special because I had to. I got because I own part of the company. I get to talk or have a say in the Crocs future, and I was ooh. just like, this is exciting. But you know, Post Malone did a collab with them, and. All the kids are wearing them again, so I'm telling you, Crocs so are coming back. Uh, I used to love Crocs. They're so comfortable. I have, like, no shame. Nickelback and Crocs. Sue me. Kill me. Love it. Nickelback? Nickelback and Crocs. People are always quick to to write all these things off, but no. I'm still here for it. <laughs> Nickelback. Nickelback has some cool stuff, but, yeah, Nickelback and Crocs. I listen to Nickelback in my Crocs. Um, oh, the Post Malone Crocs are kind of cool. I'm telling you, and the, so the kids... And I say kids lightly because I'm like 26. So, but when I was in, when I was 16, in my sweet 16, I got baby blue Crocs and a graphing calculator, and I was like, "This is 16." That was. That was yeah. And then the hurricane, hurricane, hurricane Gustav forced us to evacuate, but I had a calculator and Crocs. So you are right. Anyways, but so it's been 10 years, but that was the time frame when Crocs were like cool, mm-hmm. and we wore them all the time. And then now they're like coming back with that age group. It's weird. Huh. It is weird. But they're and comfortable. They have newer styles now, like the tennis shoe style ones. They have like wedges. They have yeah, platforms. I, I saw this it. guy, Ringo. You can't. Oh, he's scared of the thunder. Get down. He is probably scared of the thunder. Oh, we can put your thunder shirt back on. Shout out the thunder shirt. I need some dog sponsors. Thunder shirt. <laughs> he needs thunder buddies. You heard that? Uh, oh, 
Oh, man. Okay. Well, I love ranting about everything. But so I want to ask you all a couple more questions about LMNOP. So do you all do this full time or do you both have other jobs? I have a nine to five. That's okay. why we had to do this in the evenings. Okay. Um, I'm a project manager and at night I'm L. And L-M-N-O-P. art supporter. Yeah. And what about you? I'm all over the place, Jordan. You're an entrepreneur. I know that. I'm all over the place. I love the word entrepreneur because it can just be a blanket statement for like anything. Anything. No, like, I mean. Pimps are entrepreneurs. Yeah, people. <laughs> stop. People say. <laughs> no, people. I mean, just everybody's not an entrepreneur. That's first. Right. And, for, and foremost. It's, everyone puts it in their Instagram bio, but not everyone means it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm a public figure. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're <laughs> a private figure. Only figure. one person knows you. Right. <laughs> I love it. Are like public figures on Instagram, but they have like 100 followers. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Anyone can make a business page. Yeah, no, I um, I am transitioning into turning this into just the full the full time. Um, yeah, we're gonna leave this charge. Well, I think a lot of people that listen like to hear about that because a lot of people have full time jobs and they do their passion project on the side. Some people have quit their full time job to do it full time. Some people are just you know owning their passion project full-time and doing nothing else. And I think it's nice to talk to a variety of people who do a variety of things with that because I don't think there's anything... I've talked about this with other people, but people are sometimes ashamed to be like, oh, I I work full-time and this is my thing Mm. on the side. But I feel like it's you have that financial stability. As long as you can make time to do it all, you have nothing... There's nothing wrong with it. But I think it's also admirable when people like you are transitioning to do it because it's kind of what I had to do and it's not easy it's never it's never um, consistent so no that no one should be ashamed to say oh this is I have a full time job mm-hmm. and, but I do this on the side just don't treat it like it's on the side right you know, treat it like treat it's it, your full time thing yeah, yeah. yeah you treat it like it's your number one and eventually it will be your number yeah. one if that's what you want for yourself but there's nothing wrong with having a full time job benefits and an additional way to make income right People, anybody would like that. Yeah. It just takes a lot more work. Yeah. A lot of balancing is is what I find. Um, I have to be very strategic on how I schedule my time with that, you know, to make sure that I am being attentive to both. Mm -hmm. But LMNOP is always on my brain. Right, because it's your passion. Right. And it's your name. Right. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like always on my mind. So even if I am at work, as the moment I get a break and just just get a second to breathe from those emails, I'm texting him and I'm like, "Hey, what are we gonna do for the post tomorrow? Or what do you think about this for Saturday? Or oh, we found some new visuals. I'm gonna take my break and you know." That's the thing, visuals. I love it. I love all the L puns. Thanks. Y'all are killing it, and y'all post a lot, and not in a bad way. I'm like admiring. I'm like, how do y'all have so like it's so much work? Because I know. <laughs> Oh, but like, just kind of plan it out. Yeah, it's great. This is like just a a plan it out. But y'all have a great social media like consistency. The rhythm is like it's always on my feed. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate that. Well, it'll be taking another transition very soon, and that transition will then go into what we have built. So it will showcase what we've worked on for the last year, right? Which will be launched. We won't tell you that date. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, so when, when is it? I tell you like I tell everybody. Or I tell you when like I ready. tell Elle when it's ready. When it's ready. I love it. It could be two years from now. It if could it's be tomorrow. Not ready, it's just not ready. <laughs> I'm bad at 
scheduling stuff like that. Like, I, I'm very good with scheduling. Like, you want a podcast two weeks from now, 6 p.m. on Thursday. Like, unless, like, there's a hurricane, I'm usually not going to cancel on anyone for anything. You know, like, I'm very, like, if it's in my calendar, it's happening. Um, but with social media posts and maybe tomorrow I'll write a blog post. Like, I am so all over the place and not structured in that way. So it's, I'm the same way where it's, like, launching, like, if, like, my podcast was supposed to launch on a certain date and I launched it, like, the day I felt hey guys, like doing it. Hey, guys, this is episode one. I just bought this mic, so we're going to get started. <laughs> that's literally what I did. <laughs> and that's okay, though, because you have, we I were talking it. about this last night. Like, you have to do it when you feel that it's right, not when other people want you to do things. I mean, there are people who reach out to us or just inquire when we're, we're around them all the time. Of, hey, I keep looking at the site. When, where, what, who, how, why? And I'm like, because we don't feel like it's ready. And then there are a lot of things that are coming organically that we'd like to fold into it that weren't a part of our initial vision for it. So all of the real life experiences that we're having and these opportunities that are coming our way and these connections that we're making are going to build a site better than the one that we initially envisioned when we had no experience mm-hmm. on day one of launch of creating element op we had all of these ideas for it and this vision but to have real life experiences to accompany those things is making the site even better than we thought it would be that's true yeah like we have like art art and artist mentors like former gallery owners uh that we that i at least talk to two or three times a week um even to the point of like we didn't think we'd be doing a book we didn't think we'd be doing a podcast. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I did. I can the agree with one, all these like, types mm, of things. I sent to the DM like, "We're gonna sponsor this podcast." Well, when you said that, I was like, "Why don't I just interview you?" Right. <laughs> well, we could do that. Well, that too, but yeah, because obviously, what you're doing is in in alignment with the type of people that I want to interview. People, creative people who do what they want. Yeah. Supporting their community. Yeah. We definitely do what we want. Yeah, I love it. Like the fact that we were asked to begin to curate a gallery is super excited we were just sitting there like us and it's crazy because we went the meeting wasn't about that at all the meeting was just setting up uh some some things for the future that we had planned to do and just kind of doing a round table on it to understand that this was something that was feasible and then all of a sudden conversation shifted and we both looked at each other like wait did they just say they want us to be curators? And we just kind of, you know, we had to think about it and understand if it was something feasible for our schedule and our capacity. And we have come to the conclusion that it is. But it was just amazing. There's just a, just to go back to what we were saying about sometimes we're, we're going for one thing or just to support and these amazing opportunities come. Our emails ding in the middle of the night and it's like, did you see that? Look what we look what we were offered to the do. The universe today. is just like catching up to it's you. It's definitely in line, and I think it's just because of of what we put out in the universe and and the the genuine interest that we have in people and and the arts is is what's causing everything to kind of fall into place for us without us having to ask or anything. Well, because you have genuine intentions. Yeah. So it comes back. I totally believe in karma. And I do too. Good like, and bad. Having like a magnet for like good. Yeah. <laughs> I totally we're believe that. We're, we're definitely magnets for good. Oh, so your phone, what's it say? If you want it and expect it, it will be yours very soon. That's a good fortune cookie. 
It is. Basically. That's a good phone background. Thoughts become things. So is that going to be your tip then for everybody, to change your phone background to things that are positive quotes? Yeah, you have to. You have to have the affirmations for yourself. You have to set the standard for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If that's personally, that's business, that's with relationships, because if not, someone is going to set them for you. Yeah. And, and you may not like them. They may not, you may not like those standards. And then you'll blink, and then time will go by, and you didn't And then do you're miserable, <laughs> and you don't understand why. Yes. Yeah, no, that's that's really important. Like, I believe in that. Like, what you think, if you think you're going to have a really amazing day and you're going to get a lot accomplished, you are. If you think and internalize that, you know, I'm just not as good as, you know, I would like to be, okay, then that's exactly what you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Not as good as you'd like to be. Or okay. not as good as you think, you know, you can be. So... I do that just as a conscious reminder to myself, like, remember the things that you're thinking about eventually are going to manifest themselves. Mm -hmm. So even if you're not in the best position in in your current business or your life or as an artist and where you want to go, it's a lot of times just what we're thinking about. What are we consuming ourselves with? Are we sitting online all day looking at negative comments and bullying people or laughing at people that it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Sometimes you have to turn all of that off, too, to be able to be in tune with who you are and what you need. Um, Because I know for me, more recently, I've had um, this desire to create again. I haven't done that in years. And I found these artists that I really was inspired by, so I was like, I'm going to do that. It just, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It, and I realized that sometimes you just got to disconnect and get back to the core of who you are. I was really inspired by this artist. I was watching these videos every day and learning and bought all this shit. You know what I mean? To try to create this thing or these things. And every one that I created, I hated. Because it wasn't you. I hated it. And then we talked about it and I was like, nah. I think I'm just go back to just pausing on the creating and and he gave me a lot of encouragement to say well the reason why this sucks is because it's not it's not your aesthetic it's not your deal it's not what you enjoy so go pick up your camera get back to what you enjoy and then you can use the techniques that you learn to incorporate into that to give it a more holistic feel if you want to add something new to it but trying to do that other thing not yeah that yeah it sucked I hated it. And one of them wanted to chunk in the trash, and I didn't because I wanted to show it to him. <laughs> that's the only reason I didn't throw it away. He's seen it. He's like, oh, that's interesting. Encouraging, of course. <laughs> but it, I was looking like, no. Well, I, I totally understand that kind of where you need a little bit of tunnel vision. And when there's things like Instagram and stuff out there that are so positive for inspiration, yeah. they can also be that double-edged sword where it's like you just need to like sometimes like unfollow people and just yeah. like cleanse it and just like simplify because if you have too many influences, it's going to start to affect your work. It and then it, your brain. And then you're not sure who you are. And I, I know I struggled with that a lot in the beginning, and I still do sometimes, but in the beginning of trying to like charge money for photos, I was just trying to – see what everyone else was doing and then trying to do that and then nothing looked like me and I didn't know who me was. That's never good. Yeah, and so it doesn't really help. And so I, as much as I love to support other artists, like I find myself all the time having to like unfollow people, stop looking at this, mute that person because sometimes if I'm too like influenced by everything, it starts to affect my work and my um, 
Originality. My originality, but also my self-esteem on what I'm doing. And yeah. if it's even right, and if it's as good as this person, or if it's, yeah. you know, so sometimes I feel like I'm a big fan of, like, unfollowing people. <laughs> for good and bad reasons. Sometimes, unfollow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes I think you just have to do what's right for your brand. And if you also, people are also, like, this is kind of a controversial thing, but if you are a photographer and you follow a bunch of other photographers. That's going to feed in. That's going to muddy up your your creative Well, process. that and then as, like, a business person, sometimes people coming to follow you will see who you're following. They might, you might not get the, the gig. And so that's controversial, and I... I don't believe uh, I in it. Where you going. I didn't see you I don't believe there. in, okay. like, not supporting other people locally. I follow lots of lo- local people. But sometimes it is, if you think about it from a business standpoint, you don't want to follow too many people on social media that are your competition because when people are looking to hire you, they might look and see who you're following and then go hire them instead. Yep. Um, well, that could happen. We, we've discussed that, too, just when it comes to business, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody, there's... And I'll call them trade secrets, but they're really not. They're things that you do that mm-hmm. Jordan does no really well do. that no one can duplicate. <clears throat> right. Well, because on the flip side of that, too, I find that sharing information, people are sometimes stingy about sharing information. And I find that the more information you share on your process and your behind the scenes, like the more people want to hire you because they feel they know you trusted by you and they are invested in your process. And it's kind of a reverse psychology thing because... Uh, a lot of us creatives in the beginning are very like competitive and stingy with knowledge and you know but that's me all day that's why he's looking at me uh, like that. I know you guys can't see this but, but, it, but it's because it's a business it's logical to think of that in a business sense but sometimes I've learned with like Instagram stories and like online workshops and still you can monetize these things in a way but like being more transparent with what you're doing will end up getting you more fans in a sense or work because they're like interested in what you're doing they care about your dog or what you wore to the thing last night or whatever because they just want to know and so sometimes it's not just about like your work your work your work it's about like who are you it's about back to the connection Mm -hmm. you know and that's back to the symposiums when we do ours it's not all about the art it's not all about the business it's Mm -hmm. about who you are as a person and that's one thing I struggle with too because even as a kid, it's, it's been ingrained in me to protect my individuality. And yeah. that spans out to protect your artist process. Mm-hmm. Don't tell people what you're about to do. Just do it. Show I think that's do. natural for creatives. I was the same way. Like, even like down to like middle school where I like would get like a new pair of shoes for school and then I'd be afraid to wear them to school because someone else might, might like them and them. buy the same one. And it's like stupid it's, stuff it's, like that. It's crazy. But it's you in your brain, it. especially as a creative person. But I have learned by opening up more, I've tended like people are invested in the weirdest things that I share which is why I'm just like I guess I'll just keep oversharing my yeah. life because people are interested in stuff and I've learned that well he's taught me that you can't be afraid of competition mm-hmm. um because there's no one that does it like he said like you do that's so true so even if you have two people creating the same thing it won't look the same at the end mm-hmm. there will be differences that are recognizable because everybody's skill set is unique to them and even if Visually, it's not different. The person doing it's different. And sometimes right. clients or buyers want to connect with the person for the person versus the art because the art right. may look like everyone else's, but they're invested in the person. So yeah. it can I go mean, either way. I've, I've heard of people in general losing opportunities when they were phenomenal at what they do because their soul was dirty and just they didn't have a really good spirit. Mm-hmm. And the person who may have been less skilled got the gig because they, they were more, more invested and approachable and teachable and open, you know. So 
it's not all about what you can do, but how you can do it too. What are three ways you could give people to take the next step with their passion project? If Be that definitive. Made sense. <laughs> That's first, right? Be definitive in what you want to do and set some time. Like set, and when I say set time, meaning when are you going to work on it? If you have a job and you have a husband or two kids and a dog and a wife, you still have to set that time aside for yourself to actually get it done. Even if it's one hour a day, that's mm -hmm. more. If you ever sat still for one hour, you'll realize how much time that really is. Mm -hmm. It's a long time. So set some time for you to actually de determine, okay, what am I going to do? And then you start making your, your progress steps mm -hmm. into doing it. And eventually, it'll become If you habitual. build it, they will come. Well, it'll become, yeah, that too. <laughs> it'll become habitual with you, and then it becomes a part of your lifestyle, right? So now you're owning that, and the more you own that, then the more you want to protect it and cultivate it and grow it, just like with Ringo, right? Right. You didn't know Ringo a week ago, but now that he's here, it's like, oh he's my, my God. little baby. Yeah, exactly. So and now I'm changing my life. entire schedule based on him because, oh, he's in the couch. He's so cute. I have to change my entire schedule and what I do because of him now. So it's interesting how that changed everything in a week <laughs> that and then i would say two more tips two more tips yeah. two more tips um the next tip would be never forget your passion and what made you start whatever your initiatives are um because sometimes it's difficult sometimes it's it doesn't come out exactly how you expect it to for reasons that are out of your control but that doesn't mean that you stop it doesn't mean that you 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 start over, you pause, and you rework, but you never stop building your foundation, regardless of what happens. You you hold true to what you believe in and follow your passions, regardless of, of what roadblocks you see. There's always a way to work around and find loopholes in anything. So don't be discouraged if things don't go exactly how you envision it, because real life never does. I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest ones that I can say I've learned. You have one more? I won't make you because it's really have good. One more. <laughs> what could we do I was one supposed more? to be asking this question to everyone and I kind of have forgotten the past couple of episodes, but now I'm asking it again. So I thought you were doing that because in your newsletter you have tips. I do, and the tips aren't, they were always supposed to be social media or branding related, but they quickly turn into like, try this hot sauce I liked. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Literally, my tip of the week could be like, you know, and like, here's some minute. chafing cream for your legs in the summer. Are like, you, you are okay. one of the funniest people. Yeah. That, are you for that, Yeah. That I know. Well, the funny, thanks. I don't think that you know you're funny. No, I'm just doing my thing. You're just being you. And that's <laughs> you the best are part hilarious. about it. Thanks. <laughs> What's well, up? Do we have a third one? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, we have tons of Y'all are full of, of knowledge, so. Um, I, I don't want to force you, though. I was. <laughs> a big one is. Research. We, we, we discussed this research and then finding people that you can connect with right and and learn from yeah. too many times today nobody just shuts the fuck up and just listen mm -hmm. right? so just listen just, oh just that's a good one shut the fuck up and listen that's, that's pretty good. I don't know if you're gonna have to edit that for the. It's all good. The people you just have to the like, people can listen. hear it. Some people just want to teach you well, and show you certain things, and but we know everything. Here we, I love what you said earlier about trying to be the, not be the smartest one in the room, and I think everyone's so fixated with being like the best at what they can do, but not people aren't like once they reach the top of what they're doing, they they're not investing in the next step. Yeah. And I think it's really I liked that a lot. That you really do want to go to 
things that will better your knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think Elon Musk is building the Tesla. Like, he's not physically building it. Right. It's people in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where can everyone find y'all and keep up with, keep up with what you're doing? I can't talk today. I'm oh, no, it's okay. Uh, normally, you can find me walking down um, Government Street. No. Uh, you can find I was like, is that what I meant? But, I mean, if you were to no. actually be stalked in real life. Nobody's going to stalk me. <laughs> um, the website is lmnop.art. So, it's E-L-L-E-M-N-O-P dot art, uh, which was really cool that we found that ending. Um, I didn't know that existed. That extension. For I didn't main. either. That's cool. Yeah. We thought, we was like, oh, this as is perfect. As soon as we discovered, we're like... Dot art. That because I, th- I originally thought the dot art was part of like your name, like no, that's that you, But if that's, that's the, website, the website, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's like dot art, like dot com, <clears throat> but dot art. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Facebook as lmnop.art. Yep. Soon Sweet. we'll have a Twitter, so and that that's also can... our website. I'll be linking all this stuff in the show notes for y'all too. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Hey, y'all, thanks so much for listening to Do What You Want Radio. As always, you can find all the tools and links that are referenced in this week's episode at dowhatyouwantradio.com in the show notes. If listening to this podcast has brought you any value at all, please take a moment to go subscribe, rate, and review Do What You Want Radio so that I can continue to reach creatives just like you and me. Doing this podcast is a lot of fun, but it takes a lot of work as well, and I do it all by myself. So I really appreciate those of you who keep listening week after week. You've already dedicated a lot of your time to listening to my voice, talking too fast probably, but if you're not tired of me yet, you can keep up with me, my photography work, and the creative services, products, and workshops I offer at jordanheffler.com and at jordanheffler on Instagram. If you want to be hardcore informed, subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get a free branding worksheet, as well as weekly tips and promotional offers for my digital products and merchandise, like Lightroom presets, Instagram overlays, t-shirts, hats, and everything else you didn't know you needed. You can sign up at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Thanks again for tuning in to Do What You Want Radio. I just want to let you know that you're probably doing a great job and you probably deserve a beer. So go get one. See you next week.